WABC. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends, to Monday's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you want to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. Uh, we can start, I guess. Let me just say, I could do a whole show with no calls, with no commercials, with nothing. An hour and not get through with half of the stories that I have in front of me that I'd like to do. We'll start with the border, and I won't start with a story. I will start with uh, parts of a text conversation that I've been having with with the esteemed and noted journalist, Todd Benzman, Center for Immigration Studies. Todd and I began speaking two years ago. We did a podcast together. I'm hosting, and Todd was my guest, called On the Border. And you still can find the early days of that podcast that we did. We did it for a number of months. And those are still on the archives at Red Apple Media Podcast. When I began, Todd was just his reporting was he was here or there once in a while. But now Todd is one of the most sought after reporters. And I've long said that if there were any real fairness at all to the way that journalists are selected for the Pulitzer, Todd would have won a Pulitzer Award years ago because he is a journalist that goes to where the story is. He doesn't write it from where he is. Using just the telephone to try to connect with people, he goes. He has been to the southern border so many times, and not only to our southern border, but to the southern border of Mexico. He talks to the people that are trying to come into the country. He he has uncovered so many facts about the crisis before it was even labeled a crisis. We began talking about this. He predicted what would happen after Title 42 was gone and done with. He might be on this week. He has a very busy schedule now. He is highly sought after. His work appears in major newspapers all over the world. He's always being sought for interviews. He's done a book about his experiences that we've talked about. But today, in the course of our text conversation, he just simply, he he just gave me this line. He said, the border is blowing up. And I asked him if I could quote him on that. And he said, yes. And he said, and also, intelligence community predictions for catastrophe after Title 42 of more than 10,000, 12,000 apprehensions per day are now coming true. After the predicted pause, the immigrants have discovered all the Biden loopholes and escape hatches and are now pouring through them. It just took a couple of months. So that is... 
what we have from Todd Benzman. And we will, again, we're going to try to have him on. The, we're working schedule to see whether he can come on the program this week and talk to you about these things himself. There is a most troubling story that is in the in the New York Post today, but there it is also the pictures of this are everywhere. And the headline says it all migrant children pictured howling in pain as they crawl through razor wire to reach United States. Now, I don't know how anybody can look at this. New York Post. Gut-punching images taken by the Post show migrant toddlers crawling through razor wire. You just think about that for a moment. Think about teeing up your child, your toddler, your toddler, your baby two, four years old, et cetera, et cetera, and say, okay, now you go through razor wire. Go through it. Gut-punching images taken by the post show migrant toddlers crawling through razor wire to reach Eagle Pass, Texas, howling in pain as spikes from the wire stick into their flesh. And what happens when you get anybody that's had any experience at all with barbed wire, let alone razor wire, as we call it, knows what happens. You bleed. It hurts like all dickens, and you bleed. And yet people are sending toddlers and adults through barbed wire to try to get to this side of the border. The photos capture, says the Post, the sheer desperation of the humanitarian crisis playing out on the border with families and even double a double amputee. I don't know whether you've seen that picture. There are people pushing. He's in a raft. There are people pushing a guy who is a double amputee over so that he can come into the country. The Post goes on to say that migrants barely out of diapers are being dumped at the border by heartless cartels who are using them as a decoy to tie up border agents while they can shift drugs and gangsters over more remote areas of the border. And so this we know. The drugs are still pouring through. Criminals are pouring through while these cartels are sending toddlers, young children, and others to try to get through razor wire to get through here, knowing, knowing, not just the pain, but knowing what's going to happen. Who does this? What parents would actually, there's a picture, a mother from Honduras, crawl through the wire with her three children, and it shows this child just, just crying. This is all the responsibility of this president and this administration. The vice president, Kamala Harris, who was said, Harris said to be the border czar. That's what she was appointed. Yeah, Lisa just texted me. The pictures are horrible. Where's AOC? AOC's busy talking about why she has a Tesla. Instead of a union car. That was the last newspaper story I saw about her. Telling everybody why she's driving that beautiful Tesla. 
instead of a car that was made by union workers. Daily Mail. As many as 232,972 migrants crossed in the month of August. And we're not even talking about what's happening now in September. 11,000 people crossed over in Eagle Pass one day. The pictures of the double amputee migrant being ferried across the Rio Grande in an inflatable donut. A, a harrowing image. Who does this? Now, there are two, I can't even begin to tell you the empathy I have for these families that are trying to get here, but I can also not tell you the outrage that I have. Why do you have a double amputee taking this? Obviously, because he expects the American health care system to take care of him, would be my guess. I don't know for certain. And this is the other part of it. So now, the American taxpayer is expected to be, you know, we used to hear a lot about quote-unquote quote Yankee imperialism. That was a common phrase when I was coming up, Yankee imperial, imperialism. And we also heard the refrain from the left time and time again, America should stop trying to be the policeman of the world. Those two were common phrases. Now, we are expected to be the social welfare safety net for the entire world. Let the American people handle that burden. You can have a corrupt government as you can in Mexico, and I don't mean anything. I don't want to offend my Mexican friends. I truly don't. But I'm just, I'm just talking fact. The government there is corrupt. It's been corrupt. We've known of the corruption there for decades. And instead of the Mexican people rising up and throwing out their own corrupt government, like we have to do here, by the way. We used to say all this stuff from this position of moral, like, oh, let's look down our pretty American noses at these countries that are corrupt and point our fingers down. You know, you people have to do better. Well, guess what? The corrupt Mexican government can look at the American people and say, you people have to do better, and they're absolutely right. But the Mexican government has been corrupt. And it's been corrupt regardless of the political elections that have shifted the fortunes from one party to another there. Both parties are corrupt. Oh, imagine that. What do we hear the common refrain now? We have an American uniparty that's corrupt. It's amazing how this works. But the Mexican government has been corrupt. They have squandered the resources Mexico is a country that is laden with natural resources. There is no reason for Mexican to be a poverty-stricken country. There's no reason. And don't tell me that Mexican people, and do, don't you dare do what they did to black Americans and simply say, oh, well, these people are inferior. They don't know. No, if anybody has ever read any literature coming from the Mexican brain Trust. If anyone has ever looked at the art, the culture, if anyone has bothered to look at the history and you see what kind of, of, of intellect comes out of Mexico, 
when it is allowed to. The only thing that has stopped Mexico from becoming a world power, and I mean a true world power, is the corruption that has oppressed the Mexican people. And that is why many of them are so desperate to get to America. And by the way, the same thing can be said if you go through Latin and South America. Anybody that has looked at the history of South America and you look at what has happened and you look at what is capable of happening in Bolivia, in Peru, in Chile, all of it, you have the literature coming out of these places. I know I used, I love reading the translations of some of the literature that comes out of these places. I used to subscribe, I used to have access to this thing called Short Story International. And what they used to do is take all, a lot of the literature from South America, from Latin America, and all of that. And they used to translate it. And let me tell you, it is amazing the works that come from these countries. These people are not inferior to everybody else. It's the same thing when you look over at what is, I I saw a story today that African leaders are demanding partnerships now instead of welfare. They want partnerships instead of welfare. And why do they want that? They want it because they realize that welfare has hurt their countries, has allowed them to stay oppressed. These developing nations and nations like Mexico, nations like Honduras, Nicaragua, what they need is to wipe the corruption out of their governments and free and liberate their own people. And that would take the burden off of many of them coming to America. And what we need in America is to wipe the corruption out here and get back to a basic enforcement of the law that would not allow these open borders and allow these terrible, terrible pictures and these terrible acts where you have parents sending little children through barbed wire The lack of humanity here is astounding. It's on a level that I never thought I would see in my life. But now it's an everyday occurrence. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, we're coming back. Sly in the Family Stone. A story today, you know, one of these um, stories that I remember in 2011, it was our own New York Post. They had pictures of Sly Stone living in a van parked in Crenshaw. Crenshaw is considered the ghetto in L.A. And Sly said he was 68 at the time. He says, I like my small camper. I don't want to return to a fixed home. I can't stand being in one place. That was before he won all those millions in his lawsuit for royalties that should have been paid to him. Well, that was on this day in 2011. Sly and the Family Stone here on WABC. Coming back, your call is going to be part of the program, but we've got a lot more news to go through, so keep it here.
the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush Twenty seventeen, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers appeared at the Hollywood Bowl in Hollywood, California. The concert, the Heartbreakers' final show. They ended with the performance of American Girl. The next week, October second, twenty seventeen, Tom Petty died of an accidental drug overdose. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on WABC Talk Radio 77. Bob Menendez, of course, is still in the news. Senator Menendez of New Jersey held a press. He says he kept hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash and gold bullion in his home because, ¿por qué? ¿Por qué no? Because he is Cuban. He played the Cuban card. Yes, he did. I'm Cuban. And he says, you know, look, for 30 years, I've withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my savings account, which I have kept for contingencies. And because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba, those monies were drawn from my personal savings. He's saying, yep, that money, that gold bullion, hey, that's my money. Now, Christopher Ruddy who is the CEO of Newsmax, wrote a column today, and he said, and it's with this reminder, Ruddy, Senator Menendez is presumed innocent. Senator Robert Menendez deserves the presumption of innocence, and every American should afford him this right. The concept of innocent until proven guilty is a pillar of our justice system and for good reason. And he goes further and he lays it out. He says it's a sad state in which we find ourselves. The very concept of democracy, rights, and fairness are all under fierce attack. The 39-page indictment against the powerful senator rattled off many allegations, including that he kept stacks of cash and gold bars in his home. And in parentheses, Reddy writes, the last time I checked, it was not illegal to hide cash and physical gold in one's home, as millions of Americans probably do the very same thing. Mr. Ruddy then went on to talk about the many who are calling for Robert Menendez to resign based on the allegations alone. He said, full, in, later on in his op-ed, he says, full disclosure, I have no friendship or relationship with Menendez, but I do have a relationship with the Constitution. 
based on the senator's voting record, we don't share many things politically. And for all I know, Menendez may be guilty of everything he's charged with and much more. But I know for sure that all Americans should share the view we are united by our Constitution, which, protect, which protects us all through due process. Ruddy says, now Menendez deserves due process with a fair trial. Only a jury can conclude that he is guilty. Now, you see the same kind of things. There are other stories that I have here. Senator Menendez pulls Cuba card, says piles of cash feds found from his savings. I think that one's in the Daily BS. Uh, Bob Menendez says he kept bundles of cash at his house due to a history of property confiscation in Cuba. Another one at CBS News, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey rejects calls to resign, vowing to fight federal charges. Okay, and that is his right. Remember, anybody that had listened to Jack Smith's prosecution and indictment of former Senator Ted Stevens would have thought that that Ted Stevens was guilty as he can be if you just went by what was alleged by the indictment. And it took the Supreme Court later on to determine that that was not the case. On appeals court, that that Jack Smith had framed up. I'm sorry, that Ted Stevens had framed up. Jack Smith was the governor of Virginia. Same thing happened to governor of Virginia and his wife. They were both accused of all kinds of things and convicted, had to leave office. Only later on it was discovered, wait a minute, this was a miscarriage of justice. So perhaps Chris Ruddy's message today is well-placed. The presumption of innocence still remains. We have another potential contender to the Democrat primary. Minnesota Democrat Representative Dean Phillips says he's not ruling out running against Joe Biden in 2024. He cites concerns over president's electability, lack of primary challengers. He's been saying this for months. If Stop talking and get in the race, and we'll see what happens to you. Our friends, and I have some very dear friends in Canada, and most of them, we argue about politics all the time. And just a shout-out to my Canuck friends. Your House of Commons... Gave a standing ovation, in fact, two standing ovation to a full-fledged Nazi. Ukrainian President Zelensky delivered an address to the House of Columns. Afterwards, Canadian lawmakers gave a 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunka a standing ovation when the Speaker of their house, Anthony Rhoda, drew attention to him. Discovered later on, yep. He was a full-fledged Nazi. And the apologies from the Canuck of swift and furious today. Hillary Clinton has met with Joe Biden. She's warning him in private that any third-party candidate could prove disastrous for him. There were stories over the weekend about no labels. They found 15,000 people in Arizona to, to uh, support the no labels. Party and that drew a few media stories that this could upset Arizona. These 15,000 voters could throw Arizona 
into the hands of Donald Trump, and they are worried. Now you have this story, Hillary Clinton telling Joe Biden in a private meeting, and who knows what else they discussed. Hillary's back there talking about this Russian interference again. She's still peddling that story. That story came out over the weekend. But Hillary's telling Joe Biden that any third-party candidate, these third-party candidates, no matter, and they're talking about Cornell West, who doesn't even register. They're talking about Robert Kennedy Jr. And if this Democrat from Minnesota gets in, they're talking about him and the no labels. Any one of these factors could throw Joe Biden's re-election in peril. And Hillary is worried as Democrats are worried. Led Zeppelin. This is John Bottom. The once and future kings of heavy metal. What's that, Rich? What'd you That's say? That's right. The once and future kings of heavy metal. Although, are you, you serious? Know, you wouldn't really call them heavy metal, but there was a kid I went to high school with had that sticker, had a sticker like that on his notebook. It said Led Zeppelin, the once and future kings of heavy metal. Not that you would consider them heavy metal, but I don't consider them heavy metal, Rich. They Me don't. either. Well, on this day in 1980, John Bonham, the drummer with Led Zeppelin, died, age 32, after a very, very heavy drinking session. Bonzo was found dead at the guitarist Jimmy Page's house. Asphyxiation, he inhaled. Ew. Ew. He inhaled his own vomit after excessive vodka. He had 40 shots of vodka in a four-hour period. Forty shots. Forty shots of vodka. Forty shots. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't even do two. Sounds like a regular night for some people I know. <laughs> Most early rush out here on WABC. We got to stop down. We're coming back. Don't go away. If you're on hold, stay on hold. Going to grab as many calls as we can. Stay right there. Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Birthday today. Will Smith. Born in 1968. Will Smith, actor, singer. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, DJ Jazzy Jeff. And, of course, The Slapper. Yeah, big DJ song back there in the day with uh, parents just don't understand. Oh, exactly. We I remember love, we that. Love, we love that one. The kids couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, and you know what else I remember? I remember Eminem's first record where he talked about Slim Shady, where he has that line about Will Smith. That's right. Will Smith doesn't curse in his records. Well, <clears throat> and <clears throat> you too. Yeah. Will Smith. You know, I wonder whether his career is ever going to get back to where it was, you know, after that whole Chris Rock thing. Yeah. Uh, you know. I don't, I don't like know. That's what I'm wondering. 
You would like to see a Will Smith come back? I would like to see it, just to, just to see it. Not not necessarily because I love Will Smith or anything, but like, it'd be interesting, right? Was was he a better is he a better actor or a better rapper? Actor. And I think he look look as an actor. I don't think you can take anything away from him. His performance in Ali was really good. I mean, in black, whatever. I mean, that was good too. And um, what else? He was in some science fiction thing I thought was okay. What about uh, the, King Richard, right? Wasn't he in that? Yeah, I didn't watch that. I didn't see that one. That's, he the, one that. he, that's the one he won the Oscar for. Right. That, uh, yeah, I didn't see that. I saw the robot movie, though. That was good. That science fiction thing, that robot movie. I liked I Am yeah. Legends. Yeah, yeah, I Am Legends. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like to he's maybe great. see him. Yeah, maybe hopefully he will be forgiven one day. Pursuit It'll of be happiness. funny. Yeah, I, I keep imagining, you know, we like, what is he, banned from the Oscars for 10 years or something? So imagine his comeback if Chris Rock is still hosting and they bring him back for something. <laughs> that'll, that'd be a classic. You know who else, speaking of all of that, I have not, I don't post online anything and I haven't. This whole Russell Brand thing. I don't know who Russell Brand, I, James, I am so, I shouldn't even say it. Because I'm just like, when it comes to some celebrities, folks, I'm sorry. I don't know who they are. I, I, there are some celebrities. It's just like, whatever. Like, I see half the people in the Daily Mail every day, especially the naked women. I don't know who they are. It's like, oh, there's another naked butt. Who does that belong to? I don't know, and I don't care. I didn't know who this Prince Markle, Mickle Markle, who she was before she married that prince guy. I don't know who these people are. And so when this Russell Brand thing kept started, I'm like, I've heard the name. Who is he? And why should I care? And then the pictures I see of him, I just have to caution myself. Do not be judgmental. Don't look at pictures and start judging people by their pictures. Right? Because I've seen, because you know how the the press always loves to pull out the worst pictures that they can find of anybody when they want to demonize him. And now you have all these women coming out of the woodwork saying, Russell Brand did this to them, Russell Brand did that to them. And then you have his defender saying, oh, well, he was a Trump fan, and that's why this and that and the other. You get governments involved now. And I keep saying to myself, who is this guy? What? I So I will ask the trusted staff, Rich, why, Diego, why is this guy so big? Who is he? He's an actor. He was in a, a few movies. He was in Rock of Ages. He was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Didn't um, see it. Didn't see it. I, I think he's funny uh, as, as his work. I think he, I think he's a good actor. Um, I really have nothing to say about the allegations. It's not like, it's not my, my fight or anything, but, um, what I think is interesting about Russell Brand, uh, despite all that, is that he was actually poor, borderline homeless, and uh, overweight for a lot of his life, and then he overcame that and, um, you know, got rich and famous, basically. Okay. So he's an actor. Thank you. Thank you. Who is Russell Brand? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Didn't he? Uh, didn't he have a thing? He had a thing with um, uh, Katy Perry, right? Did he? I don't know. You know more than me. Yeah, but I don't know who Katy Perry is. Sure, we all know Katy Perry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, 
but I don't care. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, and, and a lot of these women, I'm sorry, a lot of these women celebrities, to me, they're all interchangeable. It's like, you know, the Heidi's, the Heidi this and the Katie that and the, it's like, uh, uh, have you heard of Olivia Rodrigo? No. She's the, she's the new it girl, I'd say. She's the special of the day now. She's the it girl right now. Right. Apparently now her, 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 she's a singer. Her tickets are going like, they're like, uh, Taylor Swift tickets now. I think she's 19. Going through the roof now. Okay. And I just saw a story today about Taylor Swift's popularity. Is another testament to the decline of America. There you go. And I didn't, I didn't understand that either, but I don't, you know, look, Taylor Swift, not in my age group, don't listen to a lot of her music, but I do like this about Taylor Swift, not knowing anything else about her. I love the way that she took control of her own music back from the record companies and re-released it because I, when I saw that story, when it first came out, I said, whoever this Taylor Swift girl is, she is one smart cookie. And congratulations for her. So I don't know, you know, I don't follow her that often, but I will say she's brilliant when it can, when it comes to that. Okay. The share of Americans attributing extreme weather to climate change has jumped 10 points this summer. Why? Because it was hot outside. So many people say, oh, my gosh, it's so hot. Global warming must be true. We'll revisit this in February and see whether the same thing holds when it starts to get cold outside. Adam Schiff, Shifty Schiff, running for the Senate in California, has doled out $10 million in earmarks to defense contractors that donated to his campaign. That's all. We don't have to go any further than that. You see how the game is played. Editorial today by Brian Butler in the New York Times. The Democrat Party has an old problem and won't admit it. And they're talking about uh, Joe Biden, of course, the fact that all the Democrats know that he is old. What he says is scandals and gaffes fade over time. The economy bounces back. Governing errors can be corrected But Mr. Biden will never be or appear younger than he is today. The problem of his age will never fade. He goes on from there to talk about the others in the Democrat Party. Nancy Pelosi, Justice Ginsburg, Dianne Feinstein. Democrats, he says, age problem, not going away. Hunter Biden. Op-ed today. Not an op-ed, it's a news story by, and, and I've talked to Susan Ferriccio before, she's a brilliant reporter, Washington Times. Hunter Biden is vulnerable to federal charges for unpaid taxes from his $1 million a year job in U- Ukraine. Let me sum this up. A lot of us have been operating under the assumption that since David Weiss, special counsel, and it looks like intentionally let the statute of in, uh, limitations run out on Hunter Biden's tax problems that that was over. Susan Ferriccio is saying, no, it's not over because Hunter Biden still has not paid the taxes. So charges on this 
could still be bought against him. We have to stop for a break. When we get back, we're going to grab your calls. Thank you for being so patient. On this day. Nineteen sixty-four. The Temptations began recording this one at Hitsville USA Studio A. This song, written by Smokey Robinson and Ronald White, Miracles, went on to become the Temptations' first U.S. number one hit. And the first of 15 top hits for the Tempting Temptations. Coming back right after this. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On 1943, on this day, birthday, Gary Alexander. Guitar and vocals for the association. Also today, we learned sad news. Terry Kirkman, founding member of the folk rock band, the Associations, passed away, aged 83. The Association, nominated for six Grammy Awards, including that one for Cherish, and this beautiful one. You remember this, don't you? Never, my love. And of course, this one, big hit for the association. Everybody knows. It's windy. You know, ladies and gentlemen, what time it is. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And let's get started in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Mike, you are up first on Rapid Phones. How are you, Mike? Good, Bo. How are you? It's great to hear you. Thank you much. I heard AOC got rid of her Tesla because she said Elon Musk was a Nazi and she didn't want to support a company started by Nazis, so she got a Volkswagen. <laughs> oh, now for those of you young folks that don't understand the humor in that remark, and that was classic. Volkswagens were started as the people's car by Adolf Hitler. Let's go to Tom in Woodbridge. Tom, no books. What's on your mind? 
<laughs> no books. All right, uh, really quickly, uh, if you recall the uh, protest that uh, Curtis Lee was leading in Staten Island, I understand the police were body slamming 60-year-old women uh, who were actually uh, at those protests, so manhandling and roughing up female protesters. Now, the police can't be bothered to arrest a rapist or a, a robber or some mugger on the street who happens to be an illegal alien because the Biden administration wants them here to mooch off your tax dollars, but they can actually rough up, rough up senior citizens who protest such things. And I just want to remind the audience that police are not your friends. These people are employed by the politicians to do the most evil things they possibly can to you, like that degenerate that killed Ashley Babbitt on January 6, 2021. He's still collecting his free medical, his free dental, and his free pension at taxpayers' expense. And she's dead. Tom, she should be indicted and rotting. Thank you. We got you. Tom, thank you for the call. Rick in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, you are up next. James, the open border was planned out and put on paper over 25 years ago. I'd like you to look up the U.N. Agenda 21 simulated reserve and corridor system to protect biodiversity map. I am all familiar with Agenda 21 and have been hearing about it for years. And when you say that this uh, southern border is not open by accident, I think the majority of Americans would agree with you, although they may not be able to cite the source. And there's a lot more to it than just Agenda 21. Rick, thank you for the call. Brooklyn, New York. Let's go with Robert. You're up next. Kiddos, Bo. Uh, I just want to state to the people of Texas that their governor is a political coward. He has the constitutional right to shut that border down. He should have did it two years ago, and he betrayed the Texas people by not carrying out his oath. So get rid of that bum. Get somebody in there that has uh, patriotic fortitude. Bye, Bo. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Robert. Robert, I'm going to disagree with you, though, and you can call him back in when we have more time to discuss it. Governor Abbott's the one that put those flotilla uh, borderline out there. He does not, according to several courts, have the, have the right to interfere with the federal government, which has constitutional charge of the borders, but he is doing it anyway. I would not call that cowardice, but you and I can talk about that at length, and I'd love to hear you go deeper into that. So let's find the time to do that. Sal, in Staten Island, you are up next on WABC. I'll be quick, Bo, my friend. Bottom line, the guy didn't make a point. The cops on Staten Island don't do their job. They rough up little old ladies peacefully protesting. If they cracked down and did their jobs, Staten Island South Shore would not be the drug capital of the world. And by the way, these able young body men, illegal here, I do believe some of them are sleeping cells waiting for, for 9-11 Part 2. And on a positive note, in 16 days, the chain restaurants offer a free meal, complimentary for American veterans on the, on the 11th, November 11th. In uh, two and a half months, a month, two months or so. Thank you, Sal. Appreciate your love, you buddy. Dave in Westchester, you are up next. How you doing, Bo? I just want to say real quick, I believe uh, Joe Biden's delusional uh, immigrant invasion uh, has caused America to face its biblical end of days. And with this Whoa. next election, is it, that's so important. I want to know if we each state can deploy its National Guard to watch the bipartisan counting. Uh, and I just, that's all I want to say. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sean in Connecticut, you are up next. Hi, thank you, Bo. I enjoy your show. I'd like to draw a comparison with the uh, young children uh, uh, being injured with the uh, barbed wire um, coming across the border and the uh, media outrage over that. Um, it's the same media 
that has no problem with abortion and the murdering of the innocent and the unborn. Thank you. Well said and well done. And that, my friends, is all the time we have. Andrew Stamhope, get back with me tomorrow. John, Mike, and all the rest of you, please, let's finish this out tomorrow. May God bless, protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love, gratitude, and thank you for being here with me today and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we'll do it all again tomorrow, 4 o'clock, for Boston Airways Rush Hour. Bye.